2 has entered the podcast. Welcome, welcome back, people, to Player 2 has entered the podcast, that show about video games, nerd stuff, and two friends catching up for the week. I am your co-host, Michael, a.k.a. MC Paperstacks, and with me, once again, and moving forward, is my co-host with the co-most, Derek, a.k.a. Full Metal Merc, and I'm back, baby! Woo! He's back, and I know y'all missed me. He's back. I know y'all missed me. Vicky kept on. When do I get to hear you on your own podcast again? I was like, uh, Sunday. <laughs> what do you mean? I've been dealing with you. <laughs> dealing with his wife. Dealing, dealing with her. How have things been going? They've been going pretty good. For those who don't know, my wife has been in the hospital for the past week or so with some skull pressure stuff. I don't want to get too deep into it, but the short of it is that. She she was in the hospital for a week, and now she's out. They got her on these meds, and she's doing fine. So Okay. Yay! Yay, she's doing fine. But yeah, that's why I was out last week. I hope that she continues to do fine, and that this whole thing bears fruit for her in a positive medical way, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's a weird turn of phrase. Anyways... <laughs> Uh, well, before we get started proper, I want to remind everybody out there, because I feel like we put a reminder out on TikTok, but I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast yet. Mm. Recently, I think we talked about it on Facebook too, recently Spotify added ratings. And I feel like the only other platform that we can be rated on is Apple. And I know that that's divisive. Either you have it or you don't. I don't because I'm not an Apple person. I'm an Android person. I don't like Apple products. They're too proprietary for me. That's a whole nother conversation. What I'm trying to say is <laughs> if you're listening to us on Spotify or have the ability to hop on over to our page on Spotify and rate us five stars, that would super help us out and help oh, us get yeah. seen. If you're on Apple and you haven't rated us yet, rate us on Apple. Why not? Say nice things. If they let you write stuff down, follow us. Getting on to the actual show, in the past two weeks, something major happened for you. Yeah, something real crazy. I mean, I, I guess aside from your sick wife. Yeah. <laughs> I had the... It's funny because this happened while she was in the hospital. Uh, I had the biggest pickup of my entire life, money-wise. Mm -hmm. And I will probably never have a pickup this great ever again in my life. I... Ended up grabbing a, an entire lot of, like, limited run and promo PS4 games. And one of those games was The Binding of Isaac for PlayStation Vita. Mm -hmm. Now, this game was never officially released at all. Like, you can't... Couldn't originally order it through limited run. Couldn't find it at Best Buy. Nope. So, I had something very special on my hands. And... You can do the research yourself. You can check and see how much it, the value is, but... You had multiple copies, too. Yeah. Yeah. Promo copies. copies. Bruh. And let's just say that they were worth quite a bit. It was a once-in-a-lifetime type thing, and it was super dope. <laughs> I'm just I'm just extremely happy that that happened. I actually uh, I ended up selling a copy to someone. Now, they live overseas, and I'm, I'm just hoping that I'm not getting scammed on this type of thing. Cause it was I'd have been like, no refunds. Right. I'd be like, you buy through me direct. Right. <laughs> when you go through, right, you need to quick pay me. <laughs> yeah. Send me a cashier's check. Send me that money. <laughs> I think it's going to be good and straight. I'm not worried about it. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was it was very, 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 very. Like, I had my daughter with me, too. Mm -hmm. So she's like my lucky charm. Every time I go out with her, I find stuff like really expensive. Yeah. So, yeah. Too bad she's back in school now, so can't take her with me. <laughs> That's too bad. 
but yeah, that's what's been happening with me, man. I've just been working, 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 working. Well, congrats on the pickup. Thank you. For those interested in seeing the stack and all its glory, uh, you did put up a, uh, you did a rare thing. You were in rare mm-hmm. form mm-hmm. and put up a TikTok I on sure our did. channel. Yeah. Graced us with the presence of this magnificent pickup. So oh, yeah. for those interested, head on over to our TikTok channel, tiktok.com slash at player two is under the pod. If you want to see it, it is a thing of beauty. Oh, and I think I actually uploaded it to YouTube shorts too. So it's on our YouTube channel. Sweet. Nice. Ah, your pickups, by the way, have been doing really good on YouTube Shorts. Have you seen? Mm-hmm. They've been doing numbers. Yeah. It's impressive. My book series has, too. People loved my uh, Zelda art book. Yeah. They I think your Amiibo um, series is doing all right, too. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hit or miss. It's doing better overall on YouTube than it has on TikTok, which is interesting because it looks a lot nicer on TikTok. I'm just downloading videos from TikTok and uploading them to YouTube, and they look like garbage like because they're compressed. So, yeah, that's our YouTube channel. Before we get into the shows, I just want to say publicly how jealous I was that you got to do a podcast with Audio Nerd 64 last week because I just think the Gamer Friends are so fucking cool. I'm very jealous. I love them too. It was his first time being on the show, and I think he did a great job. He's a consummate professional, loved working with him, and don't worry, we'll have him back when you're on as well. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he was an emergency co-host because not only did you have to drop out that week, but then our actual planned guest, which I was going to use as the co-host like we did you know, previously, mm-hmm. they had to drop out to do the family issues too. Man. It's just running through us all, you know? Family, Jesus. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. <laughs> so we may have that other guest back on. I'm going to kind of wait and see on that because we got a few other guests coming up, so I might have to kind of move them back into the rotation, so to speak. All right, so a couple of shows, and then I want to kind of follow up on the stuff I was talking about in regards to like Lego Luigi last week. Mm-hmm. So Boba Fett, we're on episode five now, but we haven't yes. talked about it, I think, since the first three episodes, right? Right. It's, I mean, I continue to like it. It's not lighting me on fire, but I'm getting invested because I have so many episodes under my belt now. I was super geeked to see Thundercat show up in episode four. Yeah, I was like, who is that? Is that? That's not a cat looking like his damn self. Well, that's what I was saying. He wore his personal glasses. He had his nail polish on. I was like, they let Thundercat be Thundercat. He's basically a ripper doc, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is the most cyberpunk thing you can be in Star Wars, which is pretty cool. And he fixes Fennec up, which is neat. Yeah. But um, do you have any non-spoilery opinions about? It's uh, I'm not really feeling it, man. I'm just kind of watching it. Yeah. Week to week just to see what happens. Not like, oh my god, I gotta watch Boba Fett. Ooh, can't wait till Boba Fett comes on. Because this fifth episode, a little minor spoiler, is... I wouldn't even call it the fifth episode of Boba Fett. I would call it the first episode of season three of The Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, it was basically all Mando. 100%. Yes, and it was amazing. And, and it, it was made the best me... episode of Yes, exactly. So and it made me wish I was watching The Mandalorian. Because <laughs> it does it so much better. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I like Boba Fett's intro. Yeah. But, oh my god, Mando came through, ooh, gave us that action, gave us that pizzazz that Boba Fett is missing. I don't know. This is the way. This is the way. Well, we were chatting with uh, AD and GP of the Call of Like I Don't See It podcast, because we like to get in there and geek out about stuff on our little uh, our little Facebook messenger group thread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, should, <laughs> we should start our own Discord, just pull our uh, resources. Right. I'm spread across too many Discords, though. I don't know if I want to start my own. <laughs> 
but no, we were we were chatting about it, and I had mentioned that you know the Mandalore culture and society and history is so much more interesting than just some randy bounty hunter that got to use Beskar armor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The original, the OG stuff they're making for him, just based off of little pieces of Star Wars lore here and there. I gotta say, infinitely more interesting. Yeah. That said, I am enjoying the show. I'm totally understanding of people's gripes about it. I get why. People are like, uh, because I mean, it's hard not to compare it to the Mandalorian, and the Mandalorian is just all aces. Yeah, but uh, I'm I'm okay with the show. Like I'm watching it with interest. I will say though, unlike some of the my more favorite Disney Plus shows in the past, that I haven't been like racing. Like I literally watched episode five of Boba Fett right before we started recording yesterday. In fact, I put I oh, pushed wow. recording back a half hour specifically because I was watching. <laughs> so the fact that I didn't watch it when it dropped on Wednesday, I guess that says a little bit about how lukewarm I am on the series right now. But I'm glad I watched that uh, episode five because yeah, holy it was, crap, it's really good, really good. And I did actually eventually see a few episodes of Peacemaker. I think I saw three. Yeah, Peacemaker, baby. I like the intro. I think it's cute. The little dance. I think it's entirely too cringe. I watched it one time and I skip it every time now. Yeah. No, it's cringe, but it's cringe <laughs> in like a, uh, I don't know. I Like you said, the way they're trying, the theme they're trying to go with Peacemaker, the awkwardness, yeah. the vulnerability, mm-hmm. like it just kind of enca- it's encapsulated in that stupid intro because it is dumb, but that's yeah. why I like it. I enjoy some of the twists and turns and the new characters they're introducing and fleshing out. Uh, that mm-hmm. work for Amanda Waller. Some of it is cringe, like you said, but it's still interesting. But I did kind of taper off of the show, and I think the biggest issue that I have with the show, and that's kind of turned me off from it, is after a while, I would say two or three episodes in, I noticed there's a writing issue with the show. And this is something that can happen if you're not careful when you're writing multiple characters from the same person, mm-hmm. I'm sure the show has a writing team. I have not looked at the credits, but everybody starts to sound the same. Mm-hmm. Everybody's sense of humor, their timing, their quips, their style. There's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of Judd Apatow style. I don't even think it's improv. I think it's written into the script, but they yeah. just riff back and forth a bunch and it's too much. Sometimes it is. It does get to. Be it gets in the way of the plot and moving the scene forward. And the joke died a long time ago, but they keep it going. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I love the setup. Like just just to give you an example, the neckbeard guy that works in the shadowy government organization group. I don't know what his name is. The guy that has glasses and a beard. Economist. Thank you, economist. John Cena's character, Peacemaker, constantly calls him Die Beard because he mm-hmm. says you can totally dye your beard. And the joke was funny when it first happened. And then they kept running it into the ground, and then they had this whole back and forth, like, I don't die, and they just get really mad about it. It just went on too long, but then it later it led into what I thought was a really cool moment for Peacemaker, where he's lying on his bed crying, like, why do you keep yeah. making fun of his beard? You guys could be friends, you know? But I feel, I feel like they could get that across doing less. Like, less yeah. is more when it comes to comedic timing and writing and stuff like that. And I feel like they haven't found the rhythm. Yeah. I don't know if that changes. I mean, you've noticed it. Is that an issue that you think would persist for me throughout the series? I don't know. Cause like that joke in particular leads into some character growth for John Cena's character. Sure. So I feel like that's why they just keep 
And I'm just using it as an example because it actually eventually landed, even though they ran it into the ground. But there's a lot of stuff back and forth that to me doesn't land. Yeah. Amanda Waller's daughter, I think it is, yeah. that got added to the team. Mm-hmm. She does a lot of like extra talking because oh, yeah. she, her character is awkward. Not super awkward. And I get that they're trying to convey that, but then they just let the scene drag on to in service of that awkwardness one too many times. Mm-hmm. Like you've already established that she's awkward. I don't need you to constantly have her bookend and kill scenes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that the show does so many things well that you, you would be able to look past that. Okay. So far, I haven't. Yeah, I mean... Like, like for example, it took him entirely too long to escape that apartment building. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that whole sequence. I was like, get it, it was, over it, with. It's, it's funny because it was cringe, but at the same time, it's like every time you see him make a jump and fuck himself up, it's like <laughs> you're cracking up like, God damn, this dude can't catch a break. It was funny. I'll admit to you it was funny at first, but to me, like once the joke has landed, you can't keep going back to that well because there's mm-hmm. less water. You know what I mean? Like at the end when he finally like ate shit on the last like rung or whatever i was like okay can we move on please you know yeah. what i mean mm-hmm. and i maybe that's kind of a backwards compliment way of saying that i like the plot and i just want to see more of it mm-hmm. but it it keeps getting held up by their version of comedy and it's cool to put some jokes in but they're just going really hard that way mm-hmm. and i'd rather like have things move along because they're setting up something interesting the fact that he ended up going home with a woman who was in league with the people he's trying to like take out or whatever, mm-hmm. I was like, "What is this?" You know, right. <laughs> like I wanted to know more about it. But I, I did like the action so far. Vigilante is the best. Yeah, I think it's a cool show if you can get past that. But it's just it's not hitting me. The writing and the dragging of the dialogue and the falling flat of the comedy—that's what's kind of really stopping me from enjoying it fully. So that's my that's my personal opinion. Okay. I try to stay consistent with my criticism so you know what to expect. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome to your own dumbass opinion. <laughs> what did he say? He said she's she's entitled to her own opinion. Her dumb fucking opinion. <laughs> your dumb fucking opinion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, John Cena. Right. Yeah. Dumb as it may be, I think it's valid. And I'm yeah. sure anybody that shares my sentiment or like if you listen to the show and you largely agree with my opinions on things, then just know that that's what you're getting yourself into. All right, so the last thing I wanted to talk about, and I was really excited about this last week. It sounds like you listened to last week's episode. I was talking about Mm -hmm. how I was going to be giving Ben those Lego Luigi sets for his birthday. Yeah. I don't know if you saw it, but I put up on TikTok like a mishmash of him opening the gifts. Mm -hmm. And at one point he sees it's Luigi's Mansion and he looks back up at me. He's like, Dad. (laughs) <laughs> this is Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> I was like, I know. I know, I bought it. It wasn't Santa. Yeah. He acts so surprised when he opens the gifts, like, we don't get them. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I bought them. <laughs> <laughs> Just to give you a little background on Ben, he is really smart and really capable. But one of the things that he's had trouble developing in his youth is, like, he's had assistance with, like, writing with pencils and stuff, which is good because he took on drawing and now he draws all the time. That helps. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have very good articulation and eye-hand coordination. I think that's why he hasn't picked up video games as quickly as other kids his age. Right. And what I've noticed with us building these Lego sets, first of all, Lego, holy crap, they have an app, Lego Super Mario app that you can download. And then you just bop your phone or your tablet or whatever, and it shows you how to build the next piece in 3D, and you can move the piece around if you want. And I started bopping it for him, and he would look at the picture, and he would build the like find the correct Legos and build the thing. But then he's he's like, "Can I boop it?" I was like, "Yeah, you can boop it." 
So he started tapping my phone and just kind of going through. And I had to pull him back a couple times. He would go too fast or try to skip ahead. Like, oh, I see what it's doing. And I'm like, oh, don't make any assumptions. Right. And we go backwards and go, see, you actually need to put that piece here. He's like, oh, okay. So he's starting to learn how to follow directions, take his time, not make assumptions, which honestly, that's the thing that I struggle with in my youth. Yeah. My brain just works so fast. I'm like, I see the pattern here. I don't need to listen to any more instructions. I got this. Yeah. That's probably why I can't build shit now because I didn't have any Legos. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, that does serve you when you want to quickly act on something. And that is a strength of mine, but it's simultaneously a weakness because there were a lot of times where because I didn't finish the instructions, I missed a nuance that after a final build or a final process through something, I'm like, shit, I fucked that up. I got to go back and redo the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get ahead of that with him because apparently he inherited that from me. So he's struggling to put the pieces together, but he's like, he keeps trying. He wants to do it so bad. Mm -hmm. And there's only been, I mean, some of those Legos are really difficult. The small ones you have to snap together. Yeah. And he's got his little baby hands. But for the most part, he's doing them himself. And then I'll show him how I do it. And then on a difficult piece, and then another similar difficult piece will come up and he'll try again and he'll nail it. Mm. And I've been so proud of him. If you have kids that have a similar struggle where their eye-hand coordination is kind of falling behind and you're concerned, honestly, these Lego sets, I mean, the only barrier to entry, obviously, is money. They're expensive. Mm -hmm. I had to wheel and deal to get these at a reasonable price. (laughs) But if you can get Legos at a reasonable price and they have like a build instructions, your kids are learning a lot just by building those. And I've been sitting with him and, and watching him and helping him when he needs it, but like just hands off when I can. And then, oh my God, the coolest thing about these Lego sets, that Luigi that we got, it basically reads these chips that are on the Legos and then plays appropriate music or sound effects. Oh, that's cool. It actually can read colors. And he was obsessed with putting Luigi over a purple block and then watching him poison to death. <laughs> I was like, okay. All right. He's, he's a sadistic kid. Um <laughs> But it's cool, all of the different things that it can interact with and do. And I actually put a video of Luigi going through, like, the first starter course on TikTok. So you can check that out. And I'll probably put up subsequent videos of us looking at the Luigi's Mansion lab, the entrance, and then the mansion proper. Because we've built the entrance. We built the lab, and we're halfway through the entrance now. And then we still have to build the mansion. But I'm looking forward to it because it was a lot of fun to do that with him. And it really does seem to be helping his eye-hand coordination. I probably couldn't have asked for a better outcome in getting him these Lego gifts. So Ooh, I'm very Especially pleased. since you bought them for yourself. I did not. <laughs> listen. <laughs> That's a running joke we've had. But for real, like, I didn't have a ton of interest. If I did, I would have bought the other ones by now. Yeah. I would have went and got. The thing I thought was really dope was that NES Lego that you can build. An actual Lego oh, yeah. Nintendo Entertainment System mm-hmm. with the CRT. Yeah, that's crazy. But all of it's just way overpriced. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the thing is, there aren't too many Luigi's Mansion toys out there, and he can't play the game, but he's obsessed, and he likes to watch all the playthroughs and everything. I thought this was the perfect compromise. Yeah, and it ended cool. up working out even better than I thought it would. Nice. I'm glad he liked it. Yeah, me too. All right, it's a video game show. We've sort of, a little bit, video game, Luigi's video game, kind mm-hmm. of. Uh, but let's get into it proper. Let's talk about what we've been playing. Ooh, baby. Past couple of weeks, Derek, what you been getting into? Uh, Not much, because I've been just working nonstop. But yesterday, I decided to try out Windjammers 2 on Game Pass. I never played this game. I've heard of the first Windjammers. I had no idea what it consisted of. I guess it's just a disc frisbee one-on-one, and you try to throw the disc into the opponent's goal. 
and there's like super moves and stuff and it's, it's actually really cool it reminds me a lot of like volleyball crossed with frisbee yes exactly and it's pretty dope and i like it and i might continue playing it because i don't know i just i i got a big big burly black dude that i play as and <laughs> he charges it up and throws he's like and just throws, <laughs> throws it all across the uh field so it's it's pretty dope i'd say if you're into like just really quick sports fun yeah pop it cartoony, in and out. yeah pop it in and out you get, get it i have win jammers one because it was one of the games that was released in the initial run of limited run games for Nintendo yeah, Switch. I remember when that. Nintendo Switch got on limited run for the first two years, I bought every game that came out mm-hmm. and then eventually it became too much. They were start because they used to only drop like maybe like one game every couple of months and then like maybe one game a month. Yeah, and then they started dropping day. like three, <laughs> yeah, they started dropping like three switch games a month. And I was like, I cannot afford a hundred, like almost $200 a month. It's insane. Yeah. So I had to stop, but yeah, cool, man. Uh, the other game, uh, you told me that Asura's Wrath was really cheap on the Xbox store. Five. Five dollars. Five And I bought that shit. I, I still fucking love it. It's the perfect anime game. It's mainly just quick time. It's interactive anime cutscenes. Yeah, but it's like, it's great. And it's got the voice of Gara and War. Well, Gara from Naruto and War from Darksiders as the main character, Asura. I played the first uh, little level, which is honestly the most annoying part because it's so long, mm. and I forgot to save it, <laughs> so then oh. I had to go back through and play it again yesterday, and I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I suggest if uh, the sale is still up, and you can grab mm. Osiris Wrath for five bucks, you should, because it's like a $40, $50 game now, and it's like really, really interesting. Yeah, I actually picked it up, too. I was going to play it, but I, you know, games. And I would love to see him in a freaking Marvel versus Capcom type game. Like he needs to be the in fact it. that he hasn't been in one, but we got Phoenix Wright in <laughs> in Marvel yeah. vs. Capcom three. To like, be fair, Phoenix Wright is a little bit more interesting. Like he's straightforward. I mean, when a character fits in a fighting game, it becomes an obvious choice. Mm-hmm. But when you're like, they put who? Right. <laughs> they, they put in Isabel from Animal Crossing. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I I agree with you. He would be nuts in a fighting game, mm-hmm. and the fact that Capcom hasn't jumped on that, what's going on? Or made a sequel? Yeah, because you know they can do whatever. Did it sell very well though? Oh, uh, originally, I don't think so. Or was it one of those obscure titles like God Hand? I think it was pretty obscure, honestly. Yeah, that's a that's a physical copy I'd like to get. God Hand. Yeah, I used to have a physical copy of that, and then I played it, and I was like, I don't want this. No, <laughs> you messed up. Uh, it's really, really good once you get into it, but uh, especially if you know the history behind it. Oh, that! Look up the history of God Hand. I think Matt McMuscles, formerly of Super Best Friends Play, did a retrospective style on God Hand on mm-hmm. his channel. Definitely check that out because it, the development history of God Hand is a lot more interesting than you think it would be. Okay, I'll check it out. Little tidbit there. All right. Well, the games I've been playing this week. Let me tell you, played a few. I'm still playing Mass Effect Legendary Edition, right? Mm-hmm. I did beat uh, Mass Effect 2. Nice. And I got everybody through. Killed the Baby Reaper. I forgot, though, if you do multiple missions after you get the IFF, all the people that got kidnapped from the Normandy will die, except for Dr. Chakwas. Mm. But I was doing a Renegade route, so it actually fit my character. Dr. Chakwas is like, why didn't you come sooner? And <laughs> Shepard was like, shut up, I saved you. <laughs> and then Dr. Chakwas is like... You're right. You tried your best. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I was gallivanting around the galaxy just doing side quests, mm-hmm. just lackadaisically like, la, 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 la. <laughs> but everybody did survive. That was the point. 
And then I started up Mass Effect 3. And I remember that Jessica Chobot was in Mass Effect, but I thought it was 2. So when I didn't see her in 2, I was like, oh, they must have cut her. Maybe like a copyright thing. Mm -hmm. But she's actually in 3. She plays that reporter that ends up joining the war effort or whatever. And I think you can romance her. I don't don't know if you can romance her as female Shepard, but you can romance her as male Shepard, which is it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's a little awkward, but uh, I haven't got that Especially far yet. after you punched her in the face. No, no, no. That's... Oh, that's a different character. That's Kasim Al-Jalani, I think her name is. Mm. Although, Renegade Run, I've punched her three times now. Actually, <laughs> what's funny, in the third game, I don't know if you remember this, but the third game, you get an option to punch her, and you do, she ducks, like, ha! Oh, yeah, I remember that. And then you can press it again, and you'll headbutt her while she's, like, gloating. Wow. <laughs> we don't condone violence against women, by the way. It's a video game. Yeah, but luckily I'm playing <laughs> as the Lady Shepherd, so it's a little bit more balanced. I don't yeah. know. Mass Effect is very progressive, because you... You got women and male commandos coming at you. You know yeah. what I mean? In this universe, as it should be, women are just as capable as men. However, I agree with you. We do not mm. condone violence against anybody, really. Yeah, and that, that's the thing that, just real quick, when playing Yakuza, there are never any women that you fight. Japan. Yeah, but you have a woman on your team. Japan? <laughs> Japan. <laughs> so it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Even when they show a, a female villain that, yeah, I should be able to fight her. Nope. Yeah. They're still kind of entrenched in their gender roles in Japan. I mean, they're they're coming along, but they're not as far along as other game companies or people that are developing right now. Not that we're like there. Not that we've reached the summit right. or anything. You're the pinnacle. I will say that like I'm very pleased with the amount of media that my son has access to that sees strong women in leading roles. In fact, can I go on a side tangent real quick as yeah. a uh, real quick as a gamer parent? Oh yeah. My son comes home one day and he tells me that his kindergarten teacher told the class that the Mandalorian puzzle, because they have like a a jigsaw puzzle, Mm -hmm. is for the boys and the unicorn puzzle is for the girls. And I said, boy, not in this house. (laughs) There is no such thing as something that's just for boys or something that's just for girls. Okay. Your dad happens to like Mandalorian and unicorns because they're fucking awesome. Right. I was about to say unicorns. And I said, remember Mandalorian? describe his friends he's like he had boyfriends and girlfriends and i said and they were all kick-ass weren't they he goes yeah i said yeah <laughs> don't listen to that okay mandalorian is for girls just as much as it is for boys right and i i was thinking back like there's so many shows that we've watched together and movies and things that have women in more prominent and leading roles mm-hmm. and we're seeing representation more and more in media which is amazing for him coming up so i feel like it's going to be easier for me to raise two boys that are not misogynistic not Perfectly easy, right? but it's not as impossible as it used to be because mm-hmm. I'm still shaking off my own mentality from growing up in the 80s. Like I was in the thick of it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? There's a lot of men my age and your age even that uh, still have really regressive views when it comes to women. And we got to work against that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, make me a so. damn sandwich. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, bro, make me a sandwich. Right. Right. <laughs> No, no, that's the other way. We don't yeah. want to. We don't want to treat the other side bad to even it up. We want to treat the other side good to even it mm-hmm. up. That's what we want to do. Exactly. So, but side tangent over. I played Moving Out. Have you seen that game? It's on. Game I Games have. Right yeah, now. I saw that. It's more like Overcooked, and then I think that the fun derived from it is better if you have more players to play with you. I think it's better played as a multiplayer game. I tried playing it single player, and it's interesting, but it's not fun. Like I didn't play it for very long. I was mm-hmm. like, ah, this is. Without another player, this is kind of boring, right. to be honest. You're basically just floppily running around, grabbing furniture, and throwing in the back of van as fast as you can. Oh. 
yeah, cute. That sounds but there are clear mechanics like heavier pieces of furniture that you can only pick up and move quickly or throw if you have a second person. Uh, so there you go. So it makes it pointless with one person. Got it. Not pointless, but not near as enjoyable. So mm. if you are interested, get a crew together first. I've been playing Death's Door. Mm. I talked about it last week. It has gotten way better. Oh, can you feel the sunshine? <laughs> Why is Sonic popping in the frame? He's just sitting over here on the desk. So oh. <laughs> I said, throw you off by putting him in the frame. Gotta go fast. <laughs> Stop playing with toys while I'm talking about video games. <laughs> Sitting down. <laughs> no, but Death Store is really good. If you dug Hades, you'll probably like this game. Not for the same reasons, but it's an isometric action game that is clean and well-programmed. Mm-hmm. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. The music's good. The environments are interesting. There's light puzzles to kind of navigate through, but it's not anything like that's going to frustrate you. The enemies are varied, and you kind of slowly level up and power up, so... You start to get an idea, okay, I could take this one out in three hits, and I'm fast enough to where I can do it before he hits me. Or if there's two of them, i got to pop in, do two hits, pop out if I don't want to get hit. You start out only being able to take four hits of damage yourself, which can be increased, but at a very slow rate. Mm-hmm. So you're not 100% squishy, but you're vulnerable. Yeah. I joked last week people were comparing it to Dark Souls. I mean, maybe aesthetically, because you are collecting souls and use those to power up, but you don't lose anything when you die. Oh, okay. Cool. So, other than like, Wa-bom! there's like a big, the big word death like runs across the screen when you die. So you lose a bit of respect for yourself. Yeah. Well, it's just <laughs> ominous. It's like death. But then that's it. Okay. <laughs> so, it's really, really good. I feel bad because the next game I'm going to talk about is probably going to put the kibosh on me playing Mass Effect or Death Store or any other game for a little while, to mm. be honest. But. I've put in maybe about 10 hours in the Death Store, and it's really, really good. And I think I'm probably 40, 45% of the way through the game. Oh, okay. Cool. So, yeah, it's not it's not a super, super long game. I'd say probably you could beat it in 20 hours, maybe even 15 if you're speedrunning it. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, if you're, you're speedrunning, right. you probably beat it in two, right? Right. <laughs> but, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, just running through as fast as you can. So, yeah, uh, definitely recommend it. It's on Game Pass. And then, finally... <sighs> Pokemon Legends Arceus. The journey I have gone on with this game. Oh, man. Dude. <laughs> I ordered it directly from the Pokemon company, right? Mm-hmm. A few weeks ago, I get an email. Or maybe it was even like one or two weeks ago. I don't know. I got an email from Pokemon company saying that it's going to be late. Mm-hmm. And do I want to cancel my pre-order? And this was during the time when the leaks came out. And everybody's like, it sucks. And the graphics are terrible. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> but I want that Arceus plush. But I want that Arceus plushie. So I hung on. I was like, you know what? I'm going to put my good time hat on when this game comes out, and I'm going to see the good in it, and I'm going to enjoy it. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Then the reviews come out, and people are digging the game. They're admitting that the graphics suck. There's, you know, some bad frame rate. There's some texture issues, but there and some animation, funky animation, which Mm -hmm. I've seen. I'll talk about that later. But for the most part, people are really having fun with it, and it does feel like a refreshing update to the series. So now I'm getting kind of hyped. Yeah. I get another email from the Pokemon company that the game is going to arrive on Monday, the 31st. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, here's what I'll do. And I've done this with Ghost of Tsushima too, because I had like a, a Twitch schedule I had to keep. I'm going to go out to Walmart when it drops. I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to play it. Then when the the game arrives on Monday, I'll take that back with my Walmart receipt, get my money back, and then I can play it for the extra days and I'm waiting for it to arrive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're really, we're going in. No. <laughs> 
So, what do you mean, no? What's wrong with that plan? <laughs> now you opened the game, played it, and said, yeah, I'd bring this back. Can you, they let you do that? I'm bringing back a oh, sealed you're bringing copy back a that sealed arrives copy. on Monday. Got you. Got yeah. You, got you, got you. Yeah, do you see the plan? I do. It's coming together. Yes. So, I get an email the morning of the release of the game. So, yesterday morning, by, mm-hmm. you know, our time standards, on Friday, basically. And it says, hey, guess what? It's actually arriving today. Nice. So I'm like, oh, cool. I won't go out and get it then. I actually had it all set for my wife to head out and grab it because she was dropping Ben off at school. Likely there'd still be copies at Walmart at like 830 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Right. So I called her up like, hey, don't go get it. She's like, thank God it's snowing. I was like, oh, I'm glad, I'm glad <laughs> I gave you that good news. And then I get another text from FedEx saying, no, actually, it's, it's not in Indiana anymore. It's not in Zionsville. It's in Ohio. And it's going to arrive tomorrow. And I'm like, the fuck? Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to let it go. And then I was complaining with my wife. Like, I just said how, like, you know how stuff is like really close by and the FedEx don't deliver it till two days. They're doing that again. (laughs) And then I get another text that says it's outside. And I was like, what? So I look outside and sure enough, there's a box on my porch. Now, interestingly enough, this box is big enough for an Arceus plush. I'm Uh, like, what? Shut up. Because one thing I forgot to tell you is I got another email that said I'm not going to get the Arceus plush. Uh. They were just like, you're just not getting it. We canceled it. Awesome. Like, what? <laughs> I know, right? It's bullshit, right? I opened the box and there's just a bunch of paper yeah. in the game and that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I figured. Now, an update on the Arceus plush because this really did depress me. I was like, that's the whole reason I bought from you guys. I looked into it like the I was going to complain to the Pokemon company and they're like, why are you complaining? And I'm like, my Arceus plush. And they're like, read this article first. And I went to the article and it goes, some of you may have received an email that says your Arceus plush is canceled. And that's not true. <laughs> that's just delayed. Expect your Arceus plush in February. Okay. Like, oh, OK. So it's on its way. OK, cool. So what was the issue? Like, <laughs> do they not have enough made or something or what? I don't know. Mm. But on to the game. I got to play it. Yeah. I played a decent amount. I've gotten through all the tutorial stuff, and uh, it is good. Yeah. It is really good. Do you remember when I was saying, when I was complaining about the slow battle system, all the slow text crawls yeah. and the animations and everything taking turns? Mm-hmm. They streamlined all of that. Oh. Battles are so quick. Now, just like you've seen in the gameplay trailers and the teasers and the reviews, there are zones. So it's not like 100% open world, but it's the zones are huge. Yeah. You can zip to a camp in the zone or multiple camps in a single zone. So you can kind of, you know, go around and you start to get to know these zones, which Pokemon are in them, the levels of the Pokemon. And you can sleep at the camp to adjust the time of day if you want to find Pokemon that come out that are nocturnal, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. Or say if you're trying to evolve an Eevee and you want an Umbreon instead of an Espeon. You know what I'm saying? Because of course you would want an Umbreon. Come on. Yeah. Now. Yeah, which I got an Espeon first because I'll explain that in a second, too. I got a lot of stuff to explain, but I, I want to get this off my chest. So you throw Pokeballs at Pokemon, and if they're not aggressive, if they're either timid or just derpy like Badoof, they'll just run it right up to you like, catch me, please. <laughs> catch me, senpai. Yeah. Sometimes they'll bust out and try to run away, but a lot of times they'll just run right up to you. You just you catch them, and that's it. And the thing is, if there's three Pokemon, if you're fast enough, you can just throw three Pokeballs really quickly by aiming them in rapid succession, and then boop, 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 catch them all at the same time. Wow. Insane. And the way the Pokedex works is you get a full entry when you get 10 points in the 
system of studying Pokemon, but you can get like a 100% completion if you want, which increases their shiny odds in the wild. But essentially, every Pokedex entry is different. And if you're highlighting the Pokemon, you can bring up the Pokedex specifically to their page. And it'll tell you, you need to catch so many, defeat so many, maybe see the Pokemon use one of its signature moves. Maybe you need to see it evolve, different stuff like that. And you gain points by doing it. So you can study these Pokemon any way you want to get the points that you need, either by catching a Mm. bunch of them, using one in battle, evolving it. And the cool thing is with with evolution, this is what I want to get to with the Espeon Umbreon thing is when they learn too many moves, you know, it was annoying that like you had to like constantly cancel an evolution animation or you had to go in and like tinker with their moves. Yeah, It just gives you a notification that they can evolve or that they have moves that they've learned. And then you can go into the menu at your leisure and evolve them anytime you want. Oh, that's dope. And you get to see an entire list of their... No more move tutor. You can see an entire list of their moves and swap them out anytime you want as long as you're not in battle. Oh, that's actually really cool. That's fucking amazing, dude. Now, I got the evolve notification from my Eevee during the day. And I waited until night, and then I hit Evolve, and it still turned it into an Espeon. Uh, so, little gameplay trick. If you're trying to get a number on, get it close to leveling up and, you know, save it manually, and then make sure it's nighttime before you actually get that, that notification. Saving, they have an autosave system, which I would recommend going in and manually turning off if you want to manually save before you fight a really tough Pokemon, because there's these alpha Pokemon that are basically like mini-bosses. Mm-hmm. They're really, really hard. But if you catch them, obviously, they'd be a boon for your party. And I would recommend trying to fight one if you see it, even if you think you can't take it. Because, again, manually saving, you don't lose a whole lot. Also, shiny Pokemon show up physically in the wild, and they even make a sound. So once you hear the sound, you can look around and see it, manually save. And then if you load that save, the shiny will still be there. Nice. Amazing. And you can go as far as like 400 feet away and come back to that spot. The shiny will still be there. I've seen that done on YouTube. Nice. Yeah. So shiny hunting in this game is a lot easier, which is really cool for fans of shiny Pokemon. There is a move tutor in town that will teach egg moves and moves you can only get through traditionally move tutor or like TMs and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. it's based on your rank from the research guild. You get more rank the more Pokedex entries you turn in. That's how you earn money. And that's how you can access to better equipment. So you have like, you know, like a first star researcher, two star, three star, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then the more moves you unlock to be able to teach your Pokemon with that tutor in town, it's streamlined. You know how like you have to trade a Graveler to get a Golem or a Haunter to get a a Gengar? Yes. There's a core that you can buy where you can do that without having to trade them. You can literally get 100% of your Pokedex completion. You can change your natures eventually with stuff you can grow at the farm. You can do everything you want to do to build the team that you want to build without trading once if you don't want to. That's that's great. The online is reduced a bit. You can't do online battles, but you can do online trades if you want. There's a section of the game of the town where you can do that at. So if you really want to trade, you still can. You just don't need to anymore. Okay. So that's dope. Uh, the game is a lot of fun. I am a bit of a compulsive person, a collector, so to speak. So this gameplay loop isn't going to speak to everybody. Some people are going to want to just blast through and do the story. And the story is kind of interesting, to be honest. And others just maybe just want to go out and fight strong Pokemon. Some just want to work on their Pokedex. And that's what I've been doing. I've just been wanting to like 100% complete the entries. Mm-hmm. So I've been going out and catching like a million Bidoof. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm having a lot of fun with it. And there's crafting in the game. 
So you can use you can switch between throwing empty Pokeballs if you want to catch something and throwing your Pokeballs. And if you throw your Pokemon that's inside a Pokeball at a tree with berries or at like a stone or something, they will excavate the materials for you. Oh. You have a crafting tool in your key items where you can craft what you're holding. But if you go to a crafting station, you can craft what you're holding or anything you put in your chest. And there's a chest at every camp in your home and I think in town and they're all linked. There's been so much effort made to streamline this game and make things convenient. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Definitely, when you, if you get the game, go into the options. There's an option that stops prompting you if you want to throw a Pokeball and when you press the Pokeball button in battle, which I turned off because I'm like, I don't bump the ZR that often on accident. I'm okay with yeah. that. You know, and it just everything's so quick. Everything I've complained about, the, the battles just being super slow, the animations, like everything's been cleaned up. I love this game. This is, I can tell you right now just by playing it for a few hours, this is my favorite Pokemon game of all time. Damn, that's super high praise. Favorite Pokemon game of all time. Like It's just, this is what I've wanted out of Pokemon for so long. It's like if you cross Pokemon with Monster Hunter, but took out like the laborious preparation of Monster Hunter and just kept the exploration and the fighting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Monster Hunter, not a, a one-to-one apt comparison because you can fight a monster for like two hours. Right. Obviously, the biggest battles you're going to get into are probably with alpha Pokemon, but and it's not going to take that long. But it's just the freedom to run around, the discovery, the vibe of going to a village, and the, the wild Pokemon out there can mess you up. There's a lot of side quests that you can do to get items, which I would recommend doing side quests as often and as early as you can, because a lot of the rewards you're not going to care about late game. Right. But yeah, I mean, I could probably heap tons and tons more praise on Pokemon, but I'm going to be playing it for the foreseeable future. So I'll save the rest of what I have to say, maybe for future episodes. But if you were on the fence and you're a Pokemon fan, get it. Just get it. Just get it. (laughs) You will not regret it. I promise you. Do the graphics suck? Yeah, kinda. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I'm glad you like it, man. That is that is very nice to hear. I love it. All right. I think it might be about time to get to gaming news. Gaming news. Cedric loved my song, by the way. He was yeah, like, no, I know. No I notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You had mentioned earlier something about a new game being announced. Yeah, so Crytek announced Crisis 4. Oh, okay. For you Crisis fans, we know they just came out with the uh, remastered trilogy. Mm-hmm. And usually when a company does that, that means that there's a new game on the horizon. I can't believe the Switch can run Crisis 1. Bruh. The <laughs> oldest joke in the book, can it run Crisis? The Switch can. <laughs> how far we've it come. It can, but how well can it? Uh, I don't know. Because you know? <laughs> I, heard, I heard things about the cloud version of Kingdom Hearts 3. Ooh. And it's, ooh, it's bad. Ooh. <laughs> is really bad but yeah so those that are crisis fans i'm not necessarily a fan i played a bit of two and three Mm -hmm. i'd never beat a crisis game but they were always really interesting and really fun okay yeah i was gonna ask why you found that to be noteworthy but it's just uh it's just the pedigree the history yeah yeah Mm -hmm. fair enough well for crisis fans out there crisis 4 is on the way did they announce a release date for that uh, I don't know. Okay, not yet. All right, well, yeah, we'll keep yeah. our eye out. You screwed me. All right, well, for Amiibo fans, lately, the most trouble I've had getting Amiibo was probably Metroid Dread and the Zelda Loftwing Amiibo. Like, I had to wheel and deal to get those. Fucking 
Everywhere. And now they're everywhere. They've had reprints. <laughs> I was in GameStop the other they're day like with Ben. <laughs> I know they're like Badoofs. They come right up to you. Buy me, please. Which is so insulting. But if you were one of the people that had trouble back in the day, you never got your Metroid Dread Amiibo or Zelda Loftwing, just go to your local GameStop. They're probably there. There's like 18 there. They're the out here. <laughs> To the dismay of scalpers everywhere, which, by the Mm -hmm. way, fuck you. (laughs) How dare you? Mm -hmm. I shouldn't... For someone that pays as close attention to Amiibo releases as I do, I shouldn't have trouble getting them. I get it if you're lackadaisical, you don't pay attention to the release date, you come in like four days after they drop. Okay, right? Fair game. Mm -hmm. But they're out here just like using robots to like snipe actual fans, and it's not fair. So... Right. All right, so I found this interesting. I saw this uh, happen during the week. Yasunori Mitsuda, mm-hmm. the composer for the Chrono series, uh, Xenogears, Xenosaga, Xenoblade out here, Ooh, actually, yeah. Shadow Hearts. He was teasing, it was his birthday recently, he was teasing a big project in February, and a lot of folks are speculating that it might tie in with the rumor of a Chrono Cross remaster or remake. Mm-hmm. which I would be a huge fan of. I'm wondering if it's Nintendo-related because we have that rumor of the big Direct coming out next month as well, and people are speculating that maybe it has to do with Xenoblade. Maybe there's a, a Xenoblade sequel Xenoblade in the works. Chronicles 3? Yeah, maybe. Mm. Oh, I'm ready. So keep an eye out if you're a fan of any of those games. The fact that he was teasing a big project makes me kind of giddy, and I'm really hoping it's Chrono Cross because that... It's probably my all-time favorite soundtrack. So yeah. I pay attention when the guy that made that soundtrack makes an announcement. You know what I mean? Yeah. For sure. Good news for fans of N64, specifically if you got the upgrade to NSO on Nintendo Switch and you had some issues. They have worked hard to make several fixes to the graphics, including uh, Ocarina of Time. Nice. And to fix input latency for the N64 emulation on Nintendo Switch Online. Well, good. So if you haven't popped in in a while because you were disgusted with the state of things, <laughs> maybe check it out. Maybe check it out and see. I never really had a huge problem myself, but I know a lot of folks did. And, um, you know, I figured it would be newsworthy to mention that they hear you and they're trying. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. All right. Not a big news week this week. I mean, I think the overshadowing things, what we talked about last week with the Microsoft yeah, acquisition... Music. Which, what a fucking power move, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Big Nakrumah had really interesting things to say on the episode of Gamer Friends that they dropped. I think it was yesterday or the day before that people might want to check out. He had a really interesting theory in regards to the whole acquisition that I didn't even think about. And mm. they talk at length about Matrix Resurrections. Yes. He really, nice. really, really likes the series for its trans allegory. And kind of is giving the newer movie a pass. I still don't like it because while I think the trans allegory is really cool and interesting and it fits really well, especially with the original movie, to me, I came in that movie wanting like, you know, something that I got out of the original movie, which is a cool action sci-fi flick and I didn't get it. However, again, they have interesting theories on the movie itself. So if you want to hear a different angle, that's also in that episode. Good stuff. Okay. The last thing in gaming news I want to talk about, last week we mentioned how PlayStation wrap-up was down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> They got it back up, and I figured it would be fun to share our PlayStation wrap-up stats with the folks out there. And again, I'll include this week as well the link to PlayStation wrap-up in case you haven't checked it out and you're curious. And if you're listening and you want to share your stats with us, let us know. We'll, we'll read them on the show. I'd be happy to hear how our fans are getting along with PlayStation. God, 
somebody on the Gamer Friends Discord, I think it was Nerdy, and if it's not Nerdy, I apologize because I haven't checked recently. The amount of hours they put in the PlayStation was insane. I think it's because yeah. he's taken all those photos of Cyberpunk. He loves Cyberpunk. But I was like, whoa, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it wild. was like thousands. I put in 718 hours on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 last year, which is respectable. Mm-hmm. Uh, 64% on PS5 because I got it at launch because I'm a spoiled baby. Mm-hmm. And then the rest on PS4. How, how'd you do with that? 401 hours on uh, PS4 and PS5. I didn't take down the like split or anything. Oh, that's fine. I, I can't remember about yeah. yeah I got my PS5 but yeah 401 and then online which we don't do very often especially on PlayStation more of my online obviously is on Xbox nowadays yeah. but 16 hours online which I could probably attribute 100% to it takes two right yeah 20 hours for me 20 out you cheated on me yeah <laughs> I must have played like a fighting game or something you're out here online, online without me yeah. how dare you oh yeah no I remember playing online uh, Mortal Kombat 11 oh is that what it was cool yeah I think so all right and 215 days, which in a 365-day year, that's pretty decent. I, yeah. I booted it up, 215 days. To be fair, though, I use the PlayStation 4 as a kind of smart device for the TV upstairs when I got my PS5. Maybe uh-huh. it counts those, because we watch oh, a lot yeah. of like Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus and shit on PS4. So True. Yeah. I had 150 days, which is less than I thought. <laughs> less than i wanted oh but well, also i have a switch and an xbox so Siri, yeah you got a series yeah. x now yeah i got a series oh yeah i got a series x yeah that happened actually yeah. during yeah i found one you uh upgrade at, yeah i found <laughs> one at retail and it was used and i just i'm selling my series s right now so i'm gonna end up only paying like a hmm, couple hundred bucks for it cool so that's what's up congrats all right yeah, so how many games you. did you play last year 47 32 for me. See, that speaks to you You were actually gaming on those 150 right. days. So there you go. I had only played 32 games. All right. Well, my top games, they did the top five by hours. Tales of Arise. 94 hours. 94. Nice. I mean, I did platinum it, so that makes sense. Yeah. Goat Simulator was at 56, and that has all been. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's all been. He loves that game. Uh, Judgment at 54 hours, and I still didn't mm. finish it. Wow. Whoa. I know, right? That's weird. Yeah. I'm just really in the side questing, I guess. Returnal at 52 hours. That sounds about right. Yeah. Resident Evil Village at 48 hours. 48 hours. I was chasing a platinum on that, but I don't think I ever got it because, again, numerology. They're like, have exactly this amount of money in your pocket. I'm like, man, I don't, that's math. I'm not doing that. I'll come to video games <laughs> for math. Right. Uh, how about you? What were your top five games by hours? Number one was Tales of Arise. Of course. Of course. 54 hours. Judgment at 38 hours. East Nine at 35 hours. Lost Judgment at 25 hours. You're so efficient. How did I spend, I mean, I get spending maybe like an extra 15, maybe even 20. How did I spend an extra 40 hours in Tales of Arise? Bruh, I don't know. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> trying to platinum that bitch, I guess. I guess. I guess, man. I did do all the in-game content and stuff, so. Yeah. The last one is GTA Five, which is all Vicky, because I don't play it. Oh, she okay. loves, loves playing GTA Five. It's a good game. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, the number of trophies that I got, 650 new trophies. Nine of those trophies were platinum. So I platinumed nine PlayStation games 
in 2021. How about you? Ooh, wow. Uh, 496 trophies, zero platinums, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I move on. You're right. Black you. I'm done. A new game soon come. <laughs> I wish I had the, <laughs> the I wish I had the uh, the self control that you do just to move on. But I mean, that's part of my enjoyment. I, right. I shouldn't apologize for that. Yeah, exactly. I like completing games. It makes me feel like a gamer capital G. <laughs> but like the good kind. If, right. if there is such a thing. Anyways, moving on. We have listener questions. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Impressed by our rant two weeks ago on JRPGs, specifically my defense of JRPG towns monica a writes in to ask what is your favorite jrpg town okay uh, i'll go ahead and start it off it was real hard for me because i'm like wow are there really any towns where i'm just like wow this town is amazing and i want to stay here i made like a list of three my top three so number three would be alticia from final fantasy 15 it's just fucking beautiful mm. all on the water you have that awesome vibe like that Venice. Right there. Yeah, exactly. It's just beautiful. Uh, Yokohama from Yakuza Like a Dragon, since technically is a JRPG now. <laughs> That's <laughs> cheating. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and you get to do all the wonderful Yakuza things in that game. But honestly, my favorite town is not a town that you go to for pleasure. It's a town that you go to for business. Mm. And that would be Dalit from Final Fantasy VIII. Business town. Yeah. It's business. The business it's, of... It's... Dalit, the space station? No, Dalit is the first town you go to on the mission. Oh, that's the right. mission, yeah. Why is that your favorite town? Well, here's the thing. It's the town that I could think of that had the most interesting thing happening while you were in the town. Mm. You're literally... It was a backdrop for your first seed mission. Exactly. You're a child soldier and you're going <laughs> you're going to this town to destroy like a radio tower or something. It's where you fight your first like major boss mm -hmm. where you can draw a GF from them if you don't if you don't know you just miss it. They got cars. And, they get Yeah, they got cars robots. and shit. You roll up on the beach uh <laughs> on your boats and you're just like weapons shoot gun shooting everywhere. It's like Normandy. You have a very intense chase scene with a giant mechanical spider robot that you, you think you can defeat. Exactly. And the music is just... The music is banging. Final Fantasy VIII, I don't know if I've ever really truly ranked it in my heart, but easy top three, not only Final Fantasy soundtracks, but RPG soundtracks of all time. Final Fantasy VIII, fucking bangs yeah it's it's fucking dope yeah but yeah that that spider i was like 10 when i played this game okay so this was the most intense moment i've ever had in a video game i was like what the hell yes it's chasing you and it, and it catches you and you have to fight it again and break it down so you can run mm -hmm. again and then you make it back to the shore and Quistis hops on the heavy machine gun and just fucking blows it to shit and i'm like oh that's my girlfriend yeah <laughs> I hate how Squall treats Christus too, or Quistus. Yeah, no, he's a he's a dick. He's a dick. <laughs> he's a dick. But yeah, Dalit, man, very unconventional pick, I think. But uh, it's my favorite town, man. Yeah. That's fair. I was thinking of something more traditional and along the lines of what I was saying a couple of weeks ago about the importance of the town. You know how it mm -hmm. breaks up the gameplay loop. How it's a place to grab side quests. It's a place to replenish your supplies. It's a place to move along some story. To me. My favorite JRPG town of all time has to be Trino from Final Fantasy IX. Trino is the eternal city of night because every time you approach it, it, it becomes nighttime. 
Okay. They don't have a traditional day-night cycle. There are just parts of the world that are always dark. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) It is a town that's kind of skeevy. Like, there's some good parts and some bad parts. There, you know, there's some people, there's some layabouts, some drunks. There, in the weapon shop, there's actually an underground, like, not coliseum, but like a fight ring where they have like a monster they keep down there that you can fight or challenge. Mm-hmm. And that monster will change throughout the game the different times that you revisit the town through the story. The Stelazio lady is there, so all of these Zodiac pieces that you pick up throughout the game, she collects those. And if you give them to her, she'll give you really good gifts, including the Blood Sword, which is one of the best swords for that part in the game. Mm-hmm. There's the Auction House, which is actually secretly ran by Kuja, the villain in the game. <laughs> right? He's the proprietor or whatever, but you can go there and get really rare key items that you can resell to NPCs for even more than what you bought them for if you haggle, right? And then you can go back and rebuy them again to keep in your key item to go towards your thievery ranking so Gilgamesh will respect you. And then you get really good useful items in the auction house as well that you can use and get like unique abilities from. The card game tournament stadium is there. I didn't like the card game in Final Fantasy IX as much as I liked VIII because I thought it was overly convoluted. But it, mm. it's it's a fun side diversion, especially if you're into that type of thing, and it exists in that town. There's a dungeon in the town underground that you can grind in if you want that's part of the story and still hop back up and do town stuff. It's got a lot of really interesting like active time events and, and story beats. It's just... I don't know. It's everything I love about a town. Every time I go there, I get excited because there's so much stuff to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't have any like proper mini games unless you want to count fighting the monster or the auction house or the card game. It's got proper mini games. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. <laughs> so yeah, that is, to me, there's secrets. There's stuff that you can find if you're looking and searching around, which the whole game has that. But to me, it's the perfect JRPG town and... I can't think of anything, any other town out there that I liked better. So Yeah, I want to do a special shout out to Fuchsia City, home of the Safari Zone. Okay. That was the dopest thing back in the day on the original Pokemon games. You just go in there and catch a Kangaskhan. What, what else was in there? Doduo, uh, Scyther. Scythers were in there like it was cool, so though. long ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember loving that shit. For sure, for sure. All right. And you had a lot to say about that one. Yeah, you cheated. You gave like four towns. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, it was it was it was hurting me inside. I was like, all these towns have a great thing about them, but yeah, dollar to one out in the end. I, it speaks to what I was saying a couple of weeks ago. They're important. They're important. Mm-hmm. So Final Fantasy thirteen, you done fucked up. Sorry, yeah. should have had towns. <laughs> all right, now before we close the show, I wanted to do a new segment. I've been thinking about this for a while, and I kind of wanted to add it in, and we call this segment. Deep Thoughts with Player Two. I see from your face that you love that that segment name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said offline, if you think of something better, yeah. we're going with Deep Thoughts. Yeah. Deep in this thoughts. segment, in Deep Thoughts with Player Two, we're going to examine quotes that come from video games or are related to video games and dissect them. This week's quote comes from Final Fantasy IX, and we were just talking about that game. And it is a quote you can see on the back of the key item Athlete Queen by the NPC Hippal. And it, I quote, as stated, I only do what makes my mom happy. You can call me a coward, but only if you aren't one yourself. Mm-hmm. 
That's deep. Yeah, that's deep thoughts. What do you think about that? Um, well, one, I think you should do <laughs> what makes you happy and not just your mom. You only do what your mom, what makes your mom happy. And that's not a good look, buddy. Hmm. Well, you can call him a coward. Yeah. But only if I'm you weren't a coward yourself. Well, I do what I want, so I'll call you a coward. <laughs> I don't do... <laughs> I don't live my life based on what makes my mom happy, sir. I'm sorry. Damn. Sorry, mom. <laughs> you know, I never took it that literally. The way that I always took it was that he wants to be good to his mother, and she's his guiding light. So he's basically his mother's his heart. He's basically saying, I follow my heart. Mm-hmm. And you can say that's cowardly, but don't challenge me unless you're ready to follow prove your yourself. Follow yeah. your own heart. So to me... I always thought it was kind of like, yeah, kiddish way to say it because hip hop is a kid, but that that's how I took it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I like the literal translation too. I'm a mama's boy. Fuck right, you. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Live for yourself. <laughs> and this has been deep thoughts with Blair too. Deep thoughts. Don't know. It's <laughs> like I'm cutting it out. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of cutting it out, I think we're going to drop off for this week, but stick around and we'll let you know where you can find us on all the socials and whatnot. And we're back. What a great ad. The same ad. You, you know the words. Anyways. Oh, yeah. For the folks out there that are interested, in case you still have some of those rare limited games up, other things they can check out at the store, where can they find you at? They can find me at ebay.com slash str slash gamer goodies and more. Hit me up on Instagram at gamer goodies more and on Twitter at goodies underscore more. All right. And don't forget, we upload new episodes every single Sunday to our hub at anchor.fm slash player two is enter the pod. But of course, we can be heard on a variety of podcast platforms like Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Find us on all the social medias. TikTok.com slash player two is enter the pod. Facebook.com slash player two is enter the pod. YouTube, player two is enter the podcast. Subscribe, follow, rate, comment, like. Whatever you can do, it really helps us out. If you super want to help us out, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash player two is enter the pod. And we have a special shout out this episode to our first patron, Jordan. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Jordan joins as a casual, so he'll have early access to our episodes when I first finish editing, usually on Friday nights or Saturdays. It'll be Saturday this week. (laughs) And a custom player to his Enter the Podcast sticker. Hooray! Yay! Stickles! Stickers! So that'll be coming out to you shortly once I get that made. If you want to contact us, you can do so via our social media, or you can email us at mcpaperstacks at gmail.com. If you have listener questions, guest suggestions, feedback, etc. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our show. Love it. Good to be back. Good to have you back, buddy. I hope things are settling down and that everything goes smoothly for you and your family in this 2022. Bear. <laughs> <laughs> and to the listeners out there, we appreciate you coming through and listening to us once again. We love you and we will see you next week. Take care. Bye. Bye.